already won we serve an undefeated God he never lost a battle and he come on somebody clap your hands if you believe that tonight amen anybody grateful to be in the house of the Lord on Sunday night Remember to continue to pray for those that are traveling and still frolicking in the holiday, uh, whatever they frolic in in the holidays. <laughs> Amen. But as for me in my house, I'm glad to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen, somebody. This morning when the Holy Ghost finished around here, Derek was baptized in Jesus' name. And filled with the Holy Ghost. We ought to give God a praise for that tonight. Amen. And then when Derek, after Derek was baptized in Jesus' name, we baptized. Danielle was baptized in Jesus' name. I saw her here tonight. Came out of the water speaking in tongues as God filled her with the Holy Ghost. We ought to give God a great big praise for that tonight. Amen. Anybody come ready to have church tonight? I mean, did you come ready to have? You got your clothes on, got your suit on, got your dress on, jumped in the car, uh, drove all the way down here. We might as well go ahead and have a little bit of church in this place tonight. This is the last Sunday night of 2021. I say we ought to put the pedal to the metal in this place tonight and celebrate our last Sunday night live in the fire of the Holy Ghost tonight. You ought to go ahead and take about 60 seconds and just shout because God has been good to you. Come on.
give you one more chance. One, two, one, two, three, go. It's dangerous in this place tonight. Y'all just stay right where you're at while I read my text tonight. Y'all gonna just jump in with me tonight? I'm gonna be standing while I preach. Some of y'all can just stand with me while we preach tonight. We're gonna preach together. Is that all right? Tonight, as I was as as I was preparing for this service, I I really felt a witness in the Holy Ghost. There's a word that God gave me earlier in the year. And it just kept resurfacing in my spirit this afternoon it, to the point that I, I couldn't even, I mean, y'all know I've been preaching long enough. I could roll out of the bed preaching a sermon. You could, you could throw me a topic right now and I could just start preaching. I just, I could preach on Sesame Street. Can you tell me how to get to Sesame Street? Ah, I can't tell you how to get to Sesame Street, but baby, I could tell you how to get to heaven. I mean, we could just give me any subject. We, but I, it, it was so strong that I just, I couldn't, I couldn't make anything else fit. I couldn't make anything else work tonight. And I said, all right, God, I guess you want me to remind them on the last Sunday night what we started the year out with. Is that all right tonight if we just roll in the Holy Ghost? Y'all with me tonight? Genesis chapter 11, they'll have it on the screen behind me for you to read. Genesis chapter 11 Verse number one says, And the whole earth was of one language and of one speech. And it came to pass as they journeyed from the east that they found a plain in the land of Shinar and they dwelt there. And they said one to another, what you talk about and who you talk about it with makes a difference in the destiny of your life. And they said one to another, go to, let us make brick and burn them thoroughly. And they had brick for stone and slime they had for mortar. And they said, go to, let us Build us a city and a tower whose top may reach unto heaven. And let us make a name lest we be scattered abroad upon the face of the whole earth. 
And the Lord came down to see the city and the tower which the children of men builded. And the Lord said, Behold, the people is one, and they all have one language. And this they began to do. And now nothing will be restrained from them which they have imagined to do. If you read verse number 6 in the New Living Translation, it says, Look, he said, the people are united and they all speak the same language. After this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. And for a few moments tonight, I simply want to remind you, I'm all in. I wish you'd tell about five people standing around you tonight. Declare unto them, I'm all in. Come on, tell them, tell them, tell them, I'm all in. I'm not halfway, I'm not part of the way, I'm not right the fence, I'm not double-minded, but baby, I'm all Somebody ought to clap your hands one more time and give God a great praise. Man, if you promise to preach with me, you can remain standing. <laughs> I'm kidding. You can sit down, run the aisles, do jumping jacks, shout, dance if you want to. This text, we, we, we tend to frame in a particular mindset that I want to deviate from for just a few moments tonight. Because oftentimes we preach this story of Babel in a somewhat negative context. But I want to look at it from a different viewpoint for just a few moments tonight. First of all, it is mind-boggling to me that when these people come together, the Bible said that they, they had done something that was so spectacular that they caused the Lord to stop and take notice they, they had made up in their mind to do something so powerful that in an anthropomorphic expression, the Bible said that the Lord came down so that he could see the tower and the people. Now you understand that God doesn't have to go anywhere to see anything. But the Bible is being emphatic to let us know uh, that in fact there are some things uh, that are so astounding to God uh, that he takes a moment of reflection uh, and says, hold on a second, uh, I have found something uh, that has caught my uh, attention. And when he looks down, uh, the Bible said that he found a people uh, 
And, and it's interesting because these people uh, had been talking amongst themselves uh, and they made up in their mind that they were going to build uh, a city and a tower. And uh, the Bible said that they were talking amongst themselves. There was some conversation that took place between them. And I don't know exactly what the dialogue looked like because the Bible does not give us insight and we are not privy to the details. But somewhere they began to say, hey man, we're going to build this tower. And somewhere they had to make a decision about how tall are we going to build the tower? How high are we going to make the tower? Well, I think the tower should be four levels high. And somebody else probably said, no, that's, that's too high. We only want it to be three levels high. And then somebody else chimed in and said, no, four levels is not enough. We need to make it six levels high. And I don't know what the conversation looked like exactly, but the Bible does tell us that they had come to the conclusion. They had made up in their mind all together and somewhere something switched in their thinking. Somewhere they started saying, hey, why, why are we trying to put a number uh, to the amount of levels on this thing? Uh, and finally, somebody just said, hey, I'll tell you what we do. Uh, let's go ahead and build it uh, all the way uh, to the heavens. Uh, let's take the limits off of this thing. Uh, and let's just keep on building uh, as far as we uh, can build it. That's the kind of people uh, that I like to be around. I like to be around people uh, that learn how to take the limits off things. Uh, who learn how to get a little unconventional uh, and say, hey, uh, I want to take the limits off the potential of this thing. Uh, how far can we go? Uh, how high can we get it? Uh, is there anybody in the building tonight? Uh, that's how you feel about the kingdom of God. Uh, my God, there's no limit uh, to what God wants to do. Uh, forget three levels. Uh, forget six levels. Uh, let's just see how absolutely high we can get this thing they made up in their mind we're going to build this thing uh, all the way to uh, the heavens. Uh, and, and there was some things that God, when he came down, uh, he took notice of. Uh, and as he began to inspect uh, the tower, uh, and he began to listen to the conversation of the people, uh, there are three things uh, that are identified in the text uh, that God said because uh, of these these three things, he said, there is nothing that shall be in possible uh, for them. Uh, they have discovered some keys uh, that because uh, of these three things, uh, there is nothing uh, that they cannot accomplish. Uh, I don't know about you, but that's how I want God uh, to look at the Rock Church uh, in 2022. Uh, I want God to look down and say, uh, that church uh, has got a hold of something uh, and because they've got a hold of it, uh, there is nothing 
nothing outside of the capability of that church. There is nothing they cannot accomplish. There is no height they cannot reach. There is no distance. Is there anybody in the building that feels that way? Tell your neighbor, I'm all in. Let's see how far we can go. Let's see how great God can do it. Let's see how deep the Lord wants to take it. Let's see how high that we can reach it. God said, when I look at these people, they have the pattern. They have the concoction. They have the ingredients for the impossible. Tell your neighbor, all things are possible with God. Uh, he said, I look at these people, and because of this, nothing they set out to do will be impossible for them. You know what that tells me? Uh, that the only limitations we have uh, are the ones we self-impose upon our I'm going to need a few more church people in the building tonight. Uh, I said the only limitations we have uh, are the ones we put in front of ourselves. Uh, we serve a God that nothing uh, is impossible for him. Uh, and if the God of impossibility uh, said there's a people of impossibility, uh, then baby, there is no telling uh, what we can accomplish in the kingdom of God uh, when we begin to stir our faith uh, with the word of the Lord. I just need some people in the building uh, that'll kick off the Christmas blues tonight uh, and begin to stir your faith in the Holy Ghost uh, and said we're a people of the impossible. Uh, we're a people of the impossible. Uh, I just need some dreamers with me tonight uh, that'll ride in the chariot with your bishop uh, and say come on bishop uh, there's nothing impossible for us. Uh, come on bishop uh, there's no distance too great for us to go. Uh, come on bishop uh, let's take our city. Uh, come on Bishop. Uh, let's build it high. Uh, let's build it wide. Uh, let's build it strong uh, because nothing uh, shall be impossible. Uh, I just need to preach until a few more people uh, get a hold of it tonight. Uh, when you really get the revelation uh, that nothing is impossible uh, for God's people. Uh, it'll change the way we think. Uh, it'll change the way we speak. It'll change the way that we act when we understand nothing. Two thousand and twenty-two. I don't want to hear about what you can't do. Tell me how you're gonna get it done. <laughs> Come on, somebody, if you're at a roadblock, just start praying until God gives you a breakthrough. Come on, somebody, if you're facing a, a, a stop in front of you, uh, keep on seeking God uh, until he shows you a way through uh, and he shows you a way around it uh, and he shows you a way over it. Uh, nothing uh, shall be uh, impossible unto these people. 
I feel like preaching this tonight uh, until I run the spirit of fear uh, that wants to dig its nasty claws into your spirit uh, out of this place tonight. Uh, I feel like preaching this word uh, until those chains of discouragement uh, break off of your neck tonight. Uh, I feel like preaching this tonight uh, until somebody breaks free uh, from the lies of the devil uh, that want to hold you down uh, and slow you down uh, and stop you from accomplishing everything that God said you could do for him. It was so powerful that it caused God to stop and take notice and come down and say, I got to come see what in the world these people are doing. God, that's how I want it to be here at the Rock Church. I want God to say, I'm going to have to go check in over there on Sunday. These people are crazy. They've taken all the limits off. These people are crazy. They think they can do anything. These people are crazy. They're believing me for anything. I wish I had some faith in the building tonight. You know what I feel like? I feel like there's, there's a spirit trying to set on a few folk that, that because of your past experiences and maybe even current circumstances, there's a devil that's sitting on your shoulder that wants to whisper in your ear, don't get your hopes up. Don't, don't get your hopes up. You, you've been disappointed before. This ain't nothing uh, but a bunch of hype uh, and emotionalism uh, and excitement. The devil is uh, a liar. My Bible tells me uh, that faith uh, is the substance uh, of things uh, that are hoped uh, for uh, God operates in the currency uh, of hope. Uh, and while the devil wants to tell you uh, not to get your hopes up, uh, I came to declare uh, it's time to get your hopes up, baby. Uh, it's time to pick your hopes up off the ground where you left them. Uh, it's time to get your hope. What are you hoping for? Uh, what do you believe in God for? Uh, what are you envisioning God to do? Uh, wherever the devil talked you in uh, to laying down your dream, and your promise. I challenge you tonight to pick up your hope and start believing God again. It's time to pick up your faith and start trusting God again. Nothing shall be impossible. My God, I wish somebody would get it uh, until you started shouting over what you haven't even seen yet. Uh, I wish somebody would get a hold of it so strong tonight uh, that the excitement of it uh, causes you to dance in advance uh, for what you haven't even seen come to pass. Uh, I'm on my way uh, to greatness. Uh, I'm on my way to the potential of God. Uh, I'm on my way to the miraculous. Uh, I'm on my way. If you could see what I see. Uh, If you could only dream what I've been dreaming, uh, you'd understand why I'm acting uh, like I'm acting. You can sit there if you want. 
You better stop waiting on somebody else uh, to dance over your dreams. Uh, You better stop waiting on somebody else uh, to run over your promises. Uh, You better pick it up uh, and take responsibility uh, and say, come on, God. I'm believing you for it. Uh, Come on, God. I'm praying for it. Uh, Come on, God. I'll dance for it. Come on, God. Is there anybody in the building that believes nothing shall be impossible unto you? Somebody ought to give him a shout of praise in this. Nothing. 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 Some of us have a habit of saying, yeah, but. I call it your yeah, but card. And every time God wants to raise your level of faith, you pull out your yeah, but card. Exceptionalism. My situation is so challenging that even God can't give me a word stronger than my condition. My God, I dare you tonight to put that card on the ground uh, and stomp a hole on it in Jesus' name. Uh, That life from hell uh, is not going to hold me back another day. Uh, That life from hell is not going to stop me uh, another week. Uh, Come on, I'm preaching to some people in the building. Uh, God's got a church uh, in a city tonight uh, that said if they'll get a hold of this, uh, nothing uh, shall be impossible for them God said I observed three things that when these three things are in place there ain't no stopping a people like that the first thing that he observes God said the people are one The first thing I've observed is that somehow these people have made it up in their mind that they are going to defy the human proclivity of division. They have made it up in their mind that nothing is going to separate them. And despite every effort of the enemy, despite the fallen nature of humanity, these people made it up in their mind that they are one people. Can I preach to you for a minute? Uh, There's one word in the scripture uh, that scares scares hell more than any other word. Uh, That is the word uh, together. Together, there's something powerful about the concept two are better than one. I said two are better than one, and a threefold cord is not easily broken. God said, There are people that are together. 2022, I curse. The mentality of division. I said I curse uh, the mentality of division. I come against uh, the ideology of cliques. 
I come against the spirit of us four and no more. Come on, church, if we're going to see uh, the impossible, uh, God wants us to break out uh, of our little cliques, uh, our little clubs, uh, our little circles. Uh, hear me, the kingdom of God uh, is so much bigger uh, than your comfort zone. Uh, the kingdom of God uh, is so much bigger. Uh, come on, God's looking for a people uh, that understand we're one uh, people. Uh, we're one uh, people. I come against the spirit of tribalism. All y'all, that's a deep theological word. That means totally inclusive. All y'all are my people. I said all y'all are my people. There's nothing I'm ever doing at a restaurant or anywhere else that you can't come and be with me. Oh, I lost a few people right there. But just hold on. I don't want you to go anywhere because we need you. I said we need you. God's hand is on your life. You just need to step out of the darkness. You just need to step out of the deception because one of the enemy's favorite tricks is to isolate you, to separate you, to get you thinking that you're not a part. Oh, come on. I'm preaching to somebody right now. You need to get rid of that self-imposed lie of hell in your life and start reaching out and understanding we are one people. So in 2022, I don't want you coming to tell me any of your disgruntled information about other people. Oh, come on, somebody. I don't have room in my spirit uh, to hear you talk about a brother or sister. I ain't got room in my spirit. Why? Because I got my arms wrapped around greatness. I got my arms wrapped around the plan of God. I've got my arms wrapped up. Well, you don't know what he did. You don't know what she, yeah, and everybody doesn't know what you did either. But the grace of God covered you and picked you up. So you know what? I'm gonna put my arm around my brother. I'm gonna encourage my sister. Come on, you can make it. We're one people. I know they got issues. So do you. Get off your high horse. Just start encouraging somebody. Don't be part of the problem. Be part of the solution. Go love a brother. Go encourage a sister. Go speak. Come on, somebody. Why? Because we're one people. There's nothing hell fears more than a church with a revelation that we're one people. You're my brother. You're my sister. We're in this thing together. My God. 
I'm part of the greatest. Don't talk about my church. Don't talk down about the church I go to. I'm part of the greatest church in North America. I'm part of the center of revival. This is, this is my church. This is where God found me. This is where God feeds me. This is where God keeps me. Come on, somebody. You got to learn to quit cutting off your nose despite your face and start getting a fresh revelation. This is my church. These are my people. my church baby you can't say anything that'll cause me to leave this church you didn't shed your blood for me baby he did Come on, you can't do anything to me uh, that would cause me to get bitter and backslide. Uh, my relationship is with God. Uh, this is my church. Sister Vanessa, you cut me open, I bleed rock church. You cut me open, I just bleed rock church. Turn around and tell your neighbor, I got your back. Come on, tell your neighbor, I got your back. Tell your other neighbor, I, I got your back. If somebody's talking about you, uh, I'm going to change the conversation. Uh, oh, you know, brother, so, oh, I do know he's an awesome guy. Uh, he's so talented. Uh, he's so awesome. Uh, I love that guy. I'm so, I appreciate his testimony. Uh, I thank God for what he's done. You start doing that and watch the devil back on up. Uh, hey, uh, we're one people. I'm ride or die, baby. My people, my church, God said, that's one of the ingredients right there to a people that nothing shall be impossible for them. They've got a revelation that they're one. So when you talk about my brother, you're talking about me. That's how you got to feel about it. When you talk about my sister, you're talking about me. Come on, you can't stub my toe and my mouth not say, ouch. We're one body. So quit stepping on my blue suede shoes. The second thing that God observed he said, they speak the same language. They've learned how to speak the same language. You know what that's indicative of? It's indicative of hearts that are aligned together. Because out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. Misaligned hearts have misaligned speech. Uh, but when you get people that speak the same language, uh, it's, it's an indicative uh, measurement uh, that their heart is together. Uh, their heart is beating the same. In other words, their passion uh, is revolved around the same thing. Uh, this is a church that's passionate. Uh, we're speaking the same uh, language. been running around all 2021 
talking about the crossover. Why? Because we speak the same language. And in 2022, we're going to be running around talking about. Y'all will find out on Friday night. They speak the same language. The antithesis of God's language is murmuring and complaining. The antithesis of a people that speak the same language is a people that murmur and complain about everything. How many of you remember that murmuring and complaining is one of the things that the Lord hates? It's one of the seven things that there are an abomination unto God. He hated murmuring and complaining so much, he took an entire generation and kept them from entering the promised land. <coughs> he called it the day of provocation, murmuring and complaining. 2022, there's no room for murmuring and complaining in the Rock Church. There is no complaint department. I'll, I'll tell you where the complaint department is. It's right here on the altar. Get on your knees and pour all that junk out on the altar. Put it in God's hand and let the Holy Ghost get a hold of you. Get the murmuring and the complaining out of your spirit. Why? Because we're a church of the impossible. We're a church that's believing God for great things. We don't have room for murmuring and complaining. We got to speak the same language. I'm grateful. I'm thankful. Murmuring and complaining is typically a sign of two conditions in the human heart. Number one is ungratefulness. You're focused on what doesn't serve you the way you want it to serve you. And you've lost sight of being thankful for everything that God has. It's impossible to be thankful and to complain at the same time. <laughs> You ever had a kid be like, I don't want to complain, but, no, you're complaining. I'm thankful, but, no, you just messed up. You ain't thankful. Stop it right there. Just be thankful. Find something to be grateful for. Start counting your blessings. That's why the Bible says to forget not all of his benefits. I'll tell you the problem with murmurers and complainers is they've got amnesia about the benefits of God in their life. And their heart is full uh, of all the negativity instead of their heart being full uh, of thanksgiving. Because if your heart is full of thanksgiving, uh, it's going to come out in your speech. Uh, there won't be murmuring and complaining. Uh, he said the people uh, speak the same uh, language. We're going to serve an eviction notice tonight uh, on murmuring and complaining. Uh, that spirit of complaining and murmuring, uh, you've got to get out of here. Uh, this is an environment of the miraculous uh, 
This is an environment of faith. Uh, this is an environment for new babies to be born. Uh, we can't afford the toxicity uh, of murmuring and complaining uh, in the birthing room. Somebody in the building uh, ought to take about 30 seconds uh, and open up your mouth uh, and give God a praise uh, for whatever you're grateful for tonight. Uh, Come on, I dare you to take 30 seconds uh, and find something to be grateful for tonight. Uh, God, I'm grateful uh, that I'm alive. Uh, I'm grateful that you kept me. Uh, God, I'm grateful for my family. Uh, God, I'm grateful. Come on, somebody. Uh, I dare you to take a moment uh, and just speak the same language uh, of gratefulness. Some of us could really be blessed by God if we could defeat the enemy of our tongue. We constantly self-sabotage our life with our speech. James chapter 4 says, what great fire that little member of your body can kindle. We have tongues that are unsubmitted to God and we wonder why we constantly roam around in the ruins of things that are burnt down around us. Burnt down relationships, burnt down opportunities. If you look around finding yourself lonely with nothing and nobody around you, you could have a mouth problem. Well, I believe that is why God chose speaking in tongues as an evidence of receiving or the evidence of receiving the Holy Ghost. Because Brother Donnie James said it is the most unruly member of the body. It is the last part of the body to surrender to God. He said if you can control the tongue, you can control the whole body. It's like putting a bit in, the, in a horse's mouth. Uh, if you can get a hold of this, you can turn the entire horse, uh, whichever. So when you begin to speak in other tongues, uh, it's a sign to God that your most unruly member uh, is surrendered to God. Uh, and if I can control your tongue, uh, I can control your destiny. Uh, I can control your future. Uh, somebody needs to make up in their mind going into the new year uh, that we're going to speak the same language. Uh, and it's not the language of murmuring and complaining uh, but it's the language of faith uh, it's the language of come on somebody uh, let your conversation uh, be to the edifying God said they're one people and they're speaking the same language and then there was a third thing that he recognized. He said they're one people and they're speaking the same language and this they begin to do. The third thing is they are doers. <laughs> Whoa! That's a doing people right there. See, somewhere you have to make the transition from fifth dimension into the fourth dimension. 
if you're going to see what God has showed you come to pass in the third dimension, there has to be the dimension of activity and movement and doing. We are not just a church of vision. And vision is important. Vision is what you see. It's the first step. Can you see it? But vision means nothing if you don't have a church of mission. Vision is seeing it. Mission is doing it. God said there are people... Uh, that do what they talk. They don't just talk about good ideas. Uh, they don't just talk about their dreams. Uh, they're not just talking about the vision. Uh, but there are people uh, that are doing uh, what they're talking about. My God. Uh, God said they learned how to get it in alignment. Uh, they, we call it hand uh, and eye coordination. Uh, can I get my hand in line uh, with what my eye can see? Uh, can I get my labor in line uh, with what my vision sees? Uh, can I have the ethic? Uh, yeah, can, do I, can I get the ethic uh, and the motivation to work? Uh, what God has showed me. Uh, God said, when I get a people uh, that are one people uh, and a people that speak the same language uh, and a people that are doers, uh, there is nothing uh, that is impossible uh, for them to do. Psalm 1, whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. You give me a church that learns how to be one people and speak the same language and knows how to work. You know how you spell revival? You got it. W-O-R-K. Brother Stewart, we can't dream our way into bus ministry. We can't graphic and video our way uh, into a powerful bus ministry. Uh, somewhere there's got to be a people uh, that understand we're a doing people. Uh, we got to pull up our boots uh, and get out in the streets. Uh, and we got to line up our vision uh, with our hands and our feet uh, and say, all right, God, uh, we're going to carry out the vision uh, that you come on, somebody. Uh, God doesn't have a welfare church. Uh, God doesn't have a bunch of people people sitting in pews uh, just waiting for God to drop it from the heavens. Uh, God said, oh no, uh, part of their success uh, is that they are a doing uh, people. God said, you get all this together and there's nothing that is impossible for them. And so how am I going to be all in? If I'm going to be all in, I've got to be one with my church. I said I've got to be one with my church. I've got to be one with the people of God. I'm all in. Tell your neighbor, I'm all in. I'm all in. Is this all right tonight? I'll tell you what some of us need to repent about is this ideology we have of qualifying people's attendance to decide whether or not we're going to be a part of something. 
tell you one thing I hate is when I call and invite somebody to my house and they ask me, well, who all's going to be there? What does it matter? Oh, my God. Where, where's our nurses at? I'm going to need some help. Somebody go grab a defibrillator out of the closet. I, I lost. I got some people that stopped breathing just then. Uh, well, so-and-so's coming. Well, then, then I just, I probably ain't going to come. You need to get to an altar and repent. I said, you are a perpetrator of division. You are, come on, somebody. I ought to be getting way more amens than this. Uh, you are perpetrating. The, it doesn't matter who's going to be there. That's my brother. That's my sister. Well, we need your help over here. Well, uh, so-and-so's normally there, and so-and-so's no, I don't think so. Can you imagine how God feels standing in heaven when we feel like we're at such a class level that we can disassociate ourselves from particular people because they don't meet our criteria and our personal expectations in life. Brother and sister, you better get to an altar and repent uh, because that is the manifestation of a spirit uh, of division working itself uh, in the middle of the church. Hey, hey uh, I love God's people. I'm there. I don't care how many of y'all are there. I'm there. Well, they work my nerve. So let your nerve get worked. That God's probably, you probably needed your nerve worked. And God probably appointed them to be the nerve worker in your life. And I'm going to give you something else. You, you work somebody else's nerve. There's somebody else who said that about you. And they're not cutting you off. Get off your high horse and get your arms in the kingdom of God and make up in your mind we're one people. I'm all in. I'm all in. You can't be everything God wants you to be and have that kind of an attitude. I'm going to say that again. You cannot be everything God wants you to be and embrace that kind of mentality. That's not a godly mentality. If you're going to be all in, uh, you got to repent. You got to humble yourself. If you're going to be all in, you got to drag that pride to an altar uh, and humble yourself uh, and realize I'm no better than anybody else in this building. Uh, my God, I need you uh, and you need me uh, and we're better uh, together. I said we're better together. <laughs> I'm all in. Tell your neighbor, I'm all in. If you're going to be all in, you've got to make up your mind. I'm speaking the same language. I'm speaking the same language. Learn how to submit yourself to other people. It ain't all about your ideas and your thoughts and your way and your methods and your. No, no, no. We got to speak the same language. Sometimes you got to learn how to say, you know what, I would have done it different. But bless God, we're speaking the same language. Uh, so we're going to stand on a united front. Uh, we're going to do this thing to come on, somebody. Yeah. 
going to do this thing together. And then you've got to be a doer. Some of us have lost sight of the revelation. You'll put in 40 hours a week for your employer. And you've been AWOL in the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm messing up a good Sunday night shout, Sister Glenda. I mean, I am totally messing up a good Sunday night shout. Work, you'll put in overtime, undertime, side time, and don't show up to do nothing in the kingdom of God. You can make every excuse in the book that you want to make, uh, but your heart will beat out a course. Your passion uh, will beat out a course for itself. Uh, your time, your talent, uh, and your treasure, Brother Hammond, uh, will testify uh, what means the most to you. Uh, and if God's kingdom means as much as you say it does, uh, baby, you're going to learn how to get there. Uh, you're going to learn how to be a doer uh, in the kingdom of God. G give me something to do. Uh, put a broom in my hand and let me clean the church. Uh, put a flyer in my hand uh, and help me to knock a door. Uh, let me jump on the, on the lawnmower and mow the yard. For, uh, put a paintbrush in my hand. Uh, let, let, let me pick up a phone and, and call some visitors. Uh, whatever it takes, uh, I'm all in. <laughs> Somebody tell your neighbor, whatever it takes, uh, whatever it takes, uh, I'm all in. <laughs> Whatever it takes, I'm all in. I said I'm all in. See, the problem is some of us come into church in the kingdom of God expecting the most from God. And we are vested the least. Expecting great returns without no investment. Wonder why I sit on a pew empty and lonely and broken right in the house of God. You have no returns because there's no investment. Oh, I felt a stump right here. I'm going to preach this for a minute. The Bible says where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. We quote it backwards all the time. Where your heart is, there will your treasure. No, 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 it's the reverse. Wherever you invest, that's where your heart will gravitate to. And if you wonder why your heart's grown cold over some things, start checking the places of your investment. If you have no investment in the house of God, uh, your heart will not be passionate for the house of God. If you have no investment in lost souls, uh, then you'll have no passion uh, for law. Come on, somebody. Uh, it's time to get back a hold of yourself uh, and understand I'm all in. Uh, I'm all, if you want great return in your life uh, in the kingdom of God, uh, you got to learn to give great investment in the kingdom of God. No risk, no reward. You see, the term all in is a poker term. From a game, I, I think, I'm not a poker player, <laughs> called unlimited poker. And when somebody says, I'm all in, they grab all of their chips, all of them, and push all of them on the table. 
It means I'm so confident in the hand that I have that I got nothing to lose. I'm not holding back on one thing. That's the kind of people God's looking for. Ah, God said, when I find the people that understand this isn't mine anyway, it belongs to God. So you know what? I'm all in. I'm giving it all to God. I'm putting everything I got on the tank. God said, oh, yeah. I'm about to open the windows of heaven and pour out a blessing on that kind of people. Somebody ought to just shout, I'm all in. Whatever it takes, I'm all in. I'm all in. And so as we, music come, I'm almost done tonight. So as we walk out of this last Sunday night of 2021, God wants us to enter the right way into 2022. You've got five days, come on, in a few hours to get your business together in the kingdom of God. Come on, who am I preaching to tonight? You got five days uh, to make some adjustments in your life uh, and make up in your mind uh, that I'm not going to go into 2022 uh, the same way I did 2021. Uh, I've made, I've made up my mind that I'm all in. I may have held back this year, but on the next year, I'm all in. My time, my talent, my treasure, my passion, my speech, I'm all in. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes, I'm all in. If I gotta make some adjustments, I'm all in. If I gotta change some mentalities, I'm all in. Come on, somebody in this building ought to position yourself tonight. I'm all in. I'm all in. Come on. James says that a double-minded man is unstable in all of his ways. It's time to get off the fence. It's time to quit straddling the fence. And it's time to get both feet in the ark and let God know I'm all in. No more excuses. I said no more excuses. That, that went over like a crocheted bathtub. You got to get rid of your excuses if you're going to be successful. You can take that out of the kingdom of God and apply that to any area of your life. If you're going to be successful, you got to quit being an excuse maker. Benjamin Franklin said excuses are the nails that built the house of failure. It's time to repent over your excuses. No more excuses. God, I'm all in. Come on, somebody. 
You're going to have some tired days. You're going to have some seasons that you don't feel like it. You're going to have some moments that you're discouraged, but you got to make up in your mind. I'm all in through the pain, through the rain, through the hard times. I'm all Where's the singers at? Y'all get ready. If you're going to be all in, you got to burn the bridges behind you. Some of us keep convenient escape routes to help alleviate our commitments to the kingdom of God. Oh, I'm about to get right on somebody's toes. We got... We got those couple things in our life that we keep handy. And we think we're fooling everybody. You ain't fooling nobody, baby. And all of a sudden, when life got you upside down, you know that back problem I keep having? Tonight's not my night. Excuse. Oh, it got quiet up in here. It got quiet. Whoa, Bishop. I got migraines so bad I can't even see straight. I'm not going to be there tonight. Funny how your migraine hit after you got home from work and put your eight hours in. You ain't fooling nobody, babe. Oh, I'm real nice. God bless you. I'm praying you feel better. God sees your sorry tail laying at home lazy. Instead of getting yourself up and making a dedication to God, I'm all in. If you got a migraine, get yourself to the house of God and let somebody lay hands on you and pray the prayer of faith over you. Have you tried shouting with a migraine before? I call it the sacrifice of praise. It was easy to praise you last Sunday, uh, but God, I got a migraine. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and run the aisles with the headache tonight. Hey, I'm all in. Uh, said I'm all in. Uh, I'm putting all my chips on the table. Uh, Giving it everything I've got. You got to burn the bridges behind you. That's right. You got to burn if successful people learn how to eliminate excuses in their life. You got to burn the bridges behind you. I'm going forward. I'm all in. I'm closing. History records the life of Hernan Cortez, a Spanish conquistador who was born in 1485. 
And at the age of 19, he sailed for Hispaniola with Diego Velasquez. And he conquered Cuba and settled there until 1518 when Velasquez appointed him to lead an expedition to Mexico. As Cortez landed on the coast of Mexico with a force of 700 men, he knew that this could be the most dangerous mission they had ever undertaken. Not knowing exactly what they would find, it was the uncertainty that was probably the most nerve-wracking. Would they find the Incas to be a fierce people ready to defend to the death? Would they find wild animals ready to, to tear them limb from limb? Or would starvation threaten these mighty warriors? Cortez knew that once he set out to conquer this new land, there would be many obstacles to overcome, but the reward would be great. He knew uh, that there would be many opportunities uh, to turn around uh, and go back to the safe land uh, that they had already conquered, uh, a comfort zone, if you will. Cortez knew uh, that if given the opportunity, uh, many would be tempted uh, to turn around uh, when the battle heated up. Uh, so after each of these 700 warriors uh, disembarked from their ships uh, and made it onto the shore, uh, Cortez burned his ships uh, in the harbor, uh, thereby committing his entire force uh, to survival through conquest. Uh, Hernan Cortez secured his place in history as the man who conquered Mexico simply because he removed all opportunity to turn back. He made up his mind that either I will conquer this land or I will die trying but I refuse to turn around and go back. In other words, he said, I'm all in. Can I preach to this church uh, if we're going to conquer the land of promise uh, that God has for us? Uh, we've got to burn the ships. Uh, it's time to eliminate excuses uh, and make up in our mind. Uh, I'm all in, God. Uh, I'm all in. Uh, Brother Donnelly, uh, I'm all in. I'm all in. Uh, I'm going to give it everything I've got. Uh, every last breath. Uh, Every bit of energy, every day I've got, I'm all in. Somebody that's all in, you ought to take about 60 seconds and make that declaration in the Holy Ghost tonight. You ought to lift your hands and make that declaration that I'm all in tonight. Whatever it takes, whatever it takes. Whatever it takes, come on. in this church and God needs a people that are a committed people inspiration 
will get you through doors that sometimes your commitment will not let you stay in. I'm not interested in walking through doors into arenas that I can't remain because of the lack of character in my life. You gotta make up in your mind that your level of commitment matches your level of inspiration and that for everything you want from God, you're willing to match it with a commitment to work and a commitment to get a hold of what God has. Are you ready tonight? Somebody lift your voice and make that declaration tonight that I'm all in. Whatever hey. it takes. Whatever it takes. Begin to bless uh, the work of your hands. Uh, 
You watch God begin to bless your efforts. Are you here tonight? I want you to throw your hands in the air right now as a sign to God that says, here I am, God. All of me belongs to you tonight, and I'm all in. Come on, somebody lift your hands and give God a praise. Whatever it is. 